Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer is better than the Great Depression. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are talking about John Steinbeck's Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Grapes of Wrath. So let's start with a beer. We're not doing wine, because yuck, but we're going to do a lot of, well, uh, this beer has something to do with wine, or grapes, (laughs) or something, (laughs) or beer. This is Dogfish at Noble Rot, which is an ale brewed with grape must. Which I, I don't really Whatever like musty is. things. I think it means it must, like it has to have grapes. It, it's, it's like champagne can only be made in one place. It, it says, we're going to read the rest of the thing, I forgot. It's like grape must is like the squished ale grapes. Ale brewed with grape must and with grape must added. Double must. It certainly smells I'm whiny. I'm not sure what must is. I'm pretty sure it's the like pulp of the wine. Grapes. Like smushy grapes? I think so. All right. Not a wine connoisseur. It smells vibrant. Yeah, that's a, a definite grapey aroma. It smells more like wine than beer. It does. And it also kind of tastes like it. Though it's strangely, yeah, I, I expect it to be like a purple color. Tastes a little bit like wine. It's a white Definitely. Wine. <laughs> it's a wine beer. It's racist. It's all right. Yeah. And Dogfish Head is known for making some weird stuff. Well, they like the first brewery. They make a lot of weird stuff and have a, a bigger distribution. This is a weird thing, but like I think nowadays, this, is, you know, this beer's been around for a while. There's way weirder shit out there, including maybe things we'll have today. There's a good chance. There is, yes. Before we'll, we talk about the book, we should also say we ha- we might sound like we're in NPR now because yeah. we have a new mic set up. Yeah, we spent a lot of time, almost as much time as we spent reading the book, figuring this out. And mm-hmm. by we, I mean Nate and Jimmy did while I took pictures of beers. I provided emotional support. Really, Nate did it all. Yeah, it was well done, Nate. You're welcome. The tape is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we never really put mic clips. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun, and it feels like a you know if you're if you're just super impressed with our audio quality, why don't you just go onto iTunes and uh, rate us five stars to or six uh, if you can. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we we should start a thing for that. So, the Grapes of Wrath is the story of the Jode family as they travel from Oklahoma to California during the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, looking for work, better lives, less poverty. Spoiler. <laughs> Doesn't really work out for them. Everything sucks everywhere. Yeah, it sucks. The, it's more like the Chode family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you are saying. <laughs> so basically, it starts Tom Jode is the main character, and he has just been paroled from prison for, uh, I guess, manslaughter, right? Yeah, I guess. He, in self-defense, killed a dude. With a shovel. When, yeah, well. And then they buried him with a shovel. Probably several. It's very... <laughs> It's the very circle of life. <laughs> so he comes home, and it's like amazing timing, which I thought was, you know, probably the least believable thing in the book. Yeah. He gets home, and well, he's like, I'm going to go find my Paul. If missed, then there wouldn't be a book. It's true. It would have been more like a detective story then. As <laughs> <laughs> he goes on, touching fresh patches of oil on the ground, I think they went this way. Are you here. my family? Like, <laughs> That's what he would do, over to, and over to every person. I like the idea of him being like some sort of Native American tracker, just touching the ground, like, oh, the buffalo have moved through here. The Jode family was here. I know that scent. That's Ma. He <laughs> <laughs> goes on a vision quest to find them. <laughs> so they go, he manages to find the family, and they are in the process, as he walks in, of gathering up all of their shit to sell it in town. Anything they have that is that they're not going to take with them, they're going to try to sell, get as much money as they can, and then head into town to... Which is what everyone else in the entire area has also done. Yep, and there's all these predators who are just waiting there to take advantage that they say, oh, you know, something's worth, I don't know, 10 bucks or something, and they'll give you $1. And they say, well, you know it's not worth that. It's like, yeah, well, what else are you going to do? You're going to drag it back to your house that you no longer own? <laughs> it's, it's pretty soul-crushing. It is the Depression. That's what it's called. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the great bummer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we should also talk about why they lost their house in the first place. Because there's a lot of the economics behind the Great Depression that goes into this, but it definitely how it affected farmers. Well, Daddy was betting too much on the ponies. Uh, well, no, that's actually not <laughs> what happened this time. Mom had to go back. Ma had to go back to turning tricks. No, oh, we, we did no. read the book. They didn't say she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what happened in the in the 1920s. Commodity prices were really high because of World War One and then the Russian Revolution meant that there was the prices for things like wheat and cotton and all the things that, you know, farmers grow were really, really high. So millions of people moved into the Midwest to start farming. And then once the Great Depression started in 1929 and suddenly everybody's poor, nobody has any money to buy any of the commodities anymore. So the price of the commodities goes so low. Hold on a second. What's a commodity? Things. Commodities are things. Is like anything you could buy? Is that what we mean? Like shirts? Are those commodities? No. Sweet potatoes? Uh, unfinished, sort of like unfinished goods. Okay, so like so, raw cotton. So raw cotton, raw wheat, Materials. corn, pork bellies, stuff like pork that. Pork bellies? Pork <laughs> bellies are like well, that, that classic commodity everybody talks about in economic the theories. <laughs> yes, see our 50 Shades of Grey episode. Because commodity prices are so low, all of the farmers are getting all, they're all sort of in debt to the banks. Because well, they bought all things on, like mortgages, yeah, so they, things on credit. <clears throat> they mortgage everything on credit, and I think it's pretty common that farmers often have to take out a loan from the bank at the beginning of the season just to buy their seed so that they can plant it, and then they pay the, hope to, they pay the bank back at the end of the season, and hopefully they have enough left over to also Live. have some for themselves, which well, in a bad year, they don't. But they're also, because of, you know, and we actually parallels to things that are happening in California today, they would take out loans to buy better equipment or to buy more land so they could try to turn mm -hmm. more of a profit and they're deeper and deeper in debt to the bank to pay for their tractor or whatever it is that they just, oh, you know, they don't own it. And so they might they pay they make payments on it and it's going to take them years. And also mortgages were very different yeah. in 1929, 1930 than they are today. It wasn't like a 30-year fixed rate kind of thing. It was... Yeah, but if prices had stayed high, it wouldn't have been a problem. They would have been able to pay off the, um, the tractors and all the other equipment they were getting. But prices were so low, they, they couldn't possibly do it. That's why Ma had to turn tricks. Allegedly. <laughs> Doesn't say she didn't. Can't prove a negative. That's true. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that was the first thing that happened. <clears throat> so anyway, so that's why every, everybody in the, you know, in the Midwest was losing their farms at this time, is because prices were so low that banks were just foreclosing on everybody's property. And so that's why everybody was leaving. So, yeah, so the banks are foreclosing, and like, they are hiring people to work the farms, you know, and, and those people are in this position where it's like, well, you know, sorry, person who is also impoverished, but it's mm -hmm. either my family or yours. And I've been told to hit your house with a tractor and knock it down if you don't leave. <laughs> That'll teach you squatters. <laughs> and that happens. The other thing is about the tractors. And, and he goes, uh, Steinbeck goes on and on in the book about the tractors right near the beginning. But it's because for centuries, for millennia, there were no, there was no farm machinery. So it took many, many people every year to plant the crop, tend the crop, bring it in. But thanks to a tractor, you don't need, you need like a tenth of the number of people. And, and he, so also, he also had the, the seed drillers. He talks about them mm -hmm. raping the earth. This right, Deep yes. dick in the earth over and over again, the seed drillers. He literally <laughs> says they're like phallic things raping the earth. They don't, they don't love the earth. They just fuck it. <laughs> so the Jodes are a victim of both the sort of Great Depression and of mechanization. Because you just don't need nearly, you don't need a, a huge family and a huge to take care of a big farm and run it. You only need a couple of people, thanks to big farm machinery. So that's the other reason why they couldn't, um, they had to lose their farm because with machinery you can operate on much lower profit. Because well, I mean, not much lower profit, but your costs are much lower. So you need fewer, fewer staff, people, employees, yeah. whatever. So the and the the mom and pop farm 
that would grow whatever they grew on a couple of acres just is not sustainable. Yep. I don't know how I feel about saying they're the, I mean, they are the victims and that they lose out, but everyone else kind of is cool with it. <laughs> everyone else I mean, is it's, like, it's like cheaper, it's like nowadays cheaper it's pork like, bellies. It's like coal right. mining now where they're like the big thing. It's like, we have to have our jobs. Like, we don't use coal anymore, guys. Move well, on. Well, yeah. I mean, there, but there are certain jobs where people are just better at lobbying, I guess. It's like yeah. nobody, you never I heard about like the phone operators complaining when they got replaced by, you know, Simple machinery in the eighties. Like the, well, uh, I'm sure they carriage did. lobby when the, cars the, were invented. The penny farthing manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, actually, the penny does have quite a strong lobby, which is why we still have them. The penny does. Fucking sure. reason. The penny costs like, like two pennies today. Or something. They don't even use copper. They've used copper since the eighties. No, there's a little bit of copper, but it's mostly something else. It's like, just for taste. <laughs> that way, it still has that classic penny taste yeah. put in your mouth, so kids keep eating them. <laughs> you know what else will have a classic taste? My nuts. That is not what I was thinking. No. <laughs> A beer, take your pick. Well, actually, you know what? I pick because we just talked about this. This is by far the beer I expect to be the shittiest out of every beer we've bought ever. Wow. Shitty, now let me qualify. Not in terms of I'm not going to like it, but I think this is going to be just a crappy beer. This is an imported beer. Ooh, Banks Caribbean Lager, which we, which we got because the Banks are a thing. Do you think that this will be worse than the Bud Light you guys had in your first episode? That was Bud Heavy. Oh, Bud Heavy. Will it be worse than that? Uh, I think this, I mean, I think this is going to be basically a poor imitation of Budweiser. I mean, if I don't you look, even know what that means. I mean, it's just it's a macro lager. It probably has like a D minus on you know uh, beer advocate. This is a quantity, not quality beer. Definitely, I my I know people from Guyana, and they were like, "Oh, we used to drink Ooh. Banks back home all the time." That's and then I saw this at the store a couple weeks ago, and I bought it. And there, I was like, "Hey, I want to have this Banks." I'm like, no, we never drink that now that we're in the states. Banks is shitty. Banks is a terrible beer. So it's not that bad. I mean, it's probably just beer. Yeah. No, it's. Very generic. It's just beer. It tastes, it smells like. It's not bad though, it's fine. Yeah. Better than Budweiser. Like if there was a jelly belly jelly bean that was beer flavored, it would taste like this. <laughs> like this is. I don't think I'd want to eat that. I mean, that's for alcoholics with diabetes. That's the equivalent of uh, rubbing it into your gums. <laughs> can, you, can you rub uh, beer into your gums? Can I just like. I guess technically you are always rubbing beer into your gums. I could just stop swallowing and just let osmosis get the beer into me. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. This is this is terrible. Science wise, I'm not even gonna mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna finish this. I kept sipping the noble rot. I was reading more about the noble rot because this bank sucks such a big chode. The noble rot is a sort of saison. They say I don't really get saison out of this, but it is way better. I didn't love it, but now that I've had the banks, I love that more. This beer sucks so hard. I want to have another beer instantly. Just wash it out well, of my memories. Let's do that. Got um, plenty to go. Uh, oh, oh, what did you bring this week, Jimmy? Oh, that's right. I had my own depression. <laughs> and didn't get any. <laughs> I fulfilled myself elsewhere. This is my favorite name one, I think, of this week's. And it's our first in a can. This is from the Barrier Brewing Company, who every time I go to a store, they have like seven new Barrier beers, and I never see the previous Barrier beers. Do they do like small batches only, never to be seen again? I think that must be at least a big part of what they do, because I mean, they're I haven't the, uh, that carefully. But they're the Zara of beers. You're going to have to explain that one to me. That clothes store, it's like a Spanish clothes company, and their whole business model is make a whole lot of stuff, limited supply, and then never make it again and say, new season, sell all new cheap shit. Oh, well, they do it many, many times a year. And it's like small batches, small batches. Isn't one that kind time of how use. fashion works in general, though? This is to take into extreme. It's like cheap, disposable clothes. Like, oh, I lost it. It was $7. Who gives a shit? Well, this is Barrier. It's an American pale ale called Nonsense, but it's, but it's non Sense, C-E-N-T-S. I feel like Alex Trebek explaining that joke right now, but <laughs> it is... And so you, It's because they can't see it out there in podcast land. Yes. They can't read our cans. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's I don't think we really need to explain why, because they're poor. On this. 
That's the it's like Mount Rushmore with pennies on it or something. Who the fuck is this guy? Is that Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, I think that's Frank. Ben, that's that's Benji. I guess so. It smells hoppy as shit. <clears throat> it's an American pale ale, so I don't expect it to be that Ooh. thrilling. I expect it to smell hoppy. It smells hoppy compared to the banks. It's probably is an American pale ale like an IPA. Well, never these days an, an American pale ale is what it was an I, passed for an IPA fifteen years ago. Back before IPAs became extreme. Exactly. So this is a everything's a fucking, vintage IPA. Well, it's just yeah. Like whereas an English pale ale is even less. Hoppy and probably a little weaker alcohol content-wise. So this is 5% alcohol beer. I mean, it's the sort of thing that it's a great session beer. Beer you could drink a lot of while you're mowing the lawn or something. Is that what session means? Well, it just means you, you have a bunch of them. Session is the code word for binge. I'm a session drinker. Yeah. <laughs> We're a session podcast. That's right. Our bodies pay for it. Suck my balls. I know it was My insides are 46 years old. <laughs> it's good. You like that? It's, it's, it's all right. I don't mind it. It's not something I would have a lot of because I don't like the hoppy shit. But this isn't that hoppy. It's got a little bitterness, a little on the end there, but it's like not... Like, it's gone through some stuff. It's a little bitter. It's, it's, gonna, it's you know, it's, you do you. I'm thinking about what a pro- movie? proportion of aging that you're, you're, you're aged one and a half times internally. It's like that Robin Williams movie, Jack, except, you know, you're still alive and you didn't hang yourself. He grew up four times faster. He had, a, he had, a, he had movie progeria. Yeah, movie progeria. Where he looked like an adult, not an old baby. You, you, you have a made-for-TV progeria. It's like a little less extreme. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a grown, middle-aged man. And you're eight. <laughs> I remember watching that movie. I was like, that sounds kind of cool, actually. And then yeah, you, find... you die when you're 20. Yeah, but you also look like a turtle that they took the shell off of. Real Pajiri is more like uh, those weird little kids in Akira. Those Akira, little, wow. Those little uh, albino children. I mean, it's... What, they what, don't have psychic powers. They just get old. <laughs> What what day is it right now? Tuesday that this comes out. It's probably on Mori Povich right now. A whole bunch of kids are progeria. Like, no, they, like don't do, they don't do progeria. they don't do serious. Stuff. They do fat kids. Oh, fat. <laughs> have you fat seen the fat kid. babies? Those things are so fat. They're they're uh, clinically obese babies. He just wants more pizza, so I give him more pizza. I don't want him to be hungry. <laughs> I don't know how he got fat. <laughs> he's just he's what, a growing what two boy. Two-year-old doesn't need a whole pizza by himself. <laughs> I can't even do that. I'm a grown-ass man, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is fine. I don't know why they call it nonsense, but I'm sure there's a look, there's a reason on the can. Yeah, um, sometimes they give you a little story, right? But that's a I mean, that's a punny no, name. So no, they don't. Maybe it's like a centennial thing. Mm. Well, they certainly haven't been around for, t- for a century. Well, I mean, maybe America. Maybe it was a celebration of America's bicentennial. That was fucking forty years ago. And they're late. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't know. I don't know why it's called that. It doesn't, no it doesn't little, say anything. Uh, there's just pictures of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington shooting guns. Like high-powered, like n- current guns, and Benjamin Franklin. I don't even know what he's doing, but I don't know why it's called nonsense. He's, he's having syphilis. Well, you know, he had all the fun. Yeah, no, no idea why it's called that. It's fine. But it's a good beer for for drinking. Sure. Not gonna. I'm not gonna rush out and buy more of it necessarily, but if but it we already a, have 40 more to go. That's that's true. But if it was a beer at a bar or event or something, I'd have no problem drinking. If it. I purchased one at a bar, I'd be like, "This is cool. I don't regret this, but I don't want another." Yeah, it's just kind of. It's is. not my steez. Steez. What does that even mean? Thing. I know what that means, but like, what is the etymology of steez? Well, uh, it became most used by uh, the very, very uh, into it cheese community. It's Maxine cheese. Steez. You fucking just made that up. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you might have believed it if you didn't think well, about you, it you too did much. A pretty we didn't know you were full of shit. And he did a pretty good uh, job of uh, <laughs> getting that cheese story in there. I tried to make it brief. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean Jesus. <laughs> anyway, back to the book. There's a book involved in all Eat this. Uh, okay, so they go west. 
Yeah, so they sell all their shit. They get ripped off. And, you know, something throughout the whole book, it alternates in the chapters. There's the narrative, and then there's these weird little vignettes. Scenes, yeah, vignettes of the depression affecting similar people in similar ways or kind of relates. So, like, they had to buy a car, right? And then there's a scene where you, you see, like, a car salesman or they have to repair part of their car. And then there's a scene of a guy arguing about the price of a tire or something like that. So it's kind there's of an a, interesting the one at the diner taste buying book. the bread. Oh, for the, yeah. That's yeah. a 10 cent loaf. I only got eight cents. Well, you get out of here, bum. And they give him the bread. Yeah. And he sells him the, uh, the nickel candy. Yeah. Nickel candy. It's better than nickel back. Everything is. The depression is better than nickel back. <laughs> I'd rather have another depression <laughs> than a nickel back album. <laughs> I, think, I think some of the members of Nickelback would agree with that. <laughs> so they go out west. Along the way, you know, they're very... They're so, wait, wait. Half the book, half the book is just everybody's in the truck. They're just getting from one stop to another, from one, you know, point to another, and like one little, you know, every single little problem they had along the way. It was most of the book. I, sure. I will admit that I fucking hated the first half of this book. And I thought to myself, if this is the whole book, I would rather die than finish this book. It's extreme. I mean, not that extreme, <laughs> because it was terrible. <laughs> but the first half was not my scene, man. The second half was much better. I actually liked the second half a lot. It's just like they drew it out so much. Yeah, stuff really happened in the second half. That's why it felt better. Well, I think one thing, it, they start off, they're kind of, op, they're very optimistic when they leave, right? Because they've been getting these handbills and stuff like, oh, go out in yeah. California way. There's yeah. work out there and you can... They, they get told like everywhere they, uh, entire way along the way, they're like, yeah, those are, that's bullshit. And eventually they start seeing people who are turned, coming back. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was not good. But they start off very optimistically and they're like slowly worn down and the family disintegrates. Mm-hmm. And some even die. Yeah, it's exciting. On, isn't it on the first day their dog got run over and the grandpa died? The, that the dog dies at the one? first rest stop and then right. the grandpa dies that night? Yeah, something like that. Like, they're like, oh, I guess he just couldn't leave the farm. Well, they had to drug him to get him to leave in the first place. Yeah. The father, the grandpa. Gave him a little bit too much. Yeah, they gave him cough syrup. Right? He was, he was, I'm not leaving. He was him robo tripping. Scissor. <laughs> he was. He was gonna just live in the bushes with um. What was with, the other guy? Wheezy. Wheezy. <laughs> the nut job guy. <laughs> no, Wheezy's Lil Wayne. He's love scissor. But there's a fucking guy. What's his name? Oh, the Joe. Oh, the, the bush up. guy. Yeah, the guy who refused to leave his house and just yeah, and, hides in the crops with and dogs. Grandpa's like, I'm gonna hang out like that guy. And you're like, no, you can't do that, dude. You're old as shit. And he like threw his hip out from laughing or something. <laughs> it's an old piece of shit. He's like, this is my land. They drug him to get him to go. I, ha- I had a real problem understanding what kind of car it is they were driving out there. Because there was like eight people and everything they owned. Like, well, was it a truck? What was it? I tried to look yeah, it up, but it was I couldn't a tell. It was a jalopy. Like, there were people like sleeping on a mattress on the back on the roof or like a tarp over it for they, rain. Like, I didn't really the understand. They off of it and they built more shit onto it. It was like a... Yeah, it was like a... Like an expansion. A, it was like a tiny shantytown truck. That's a really... Yeah, it's like it was the Hoover Mobile. It was, I guess, in many ways. Because yeah. they, they camp in fucking Hoovervilles the entire way. And I think they live in one place that is called Hooverville, like specifically. You know, they just named it that. I like think outright. every hobo camp was just referred to as a Hooverville in the Depression. Yeah, maybe they it wasn't just that. Give it a lovely official name for this. It one. wasn't just that one in like Arizona. It was all of them. Oh, I know that. I remember, you know, middle school social studies. Do you know? I was do. it a song in? Was it a song in some musical? I don't remember. Uh, We'd like to thank you, I Herbert Hoover. Yes. Remember this song? I don't know what the fuck it was. It Annie? That, it couldn't be Annie. Annie. Definitely Annie. Was I Annie during the Depression? Right Annie. It was definitely during the Depression. Yes, it was. I never saw it. I don't. I don't want to adopt any gingers. <laughs> <laughs> Strange connection. When we did Fifty Shades of Grey, we drank a barrier beer called Daddy Warbucks. We did, yeah. Whoa! Everything relates back to Fifty Shades of Grey. That's yes. It's just got its fucking tentacles wrapped up in everything in our lives now. That's well, because there's no cure for the AIDS you get from reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's it. You have now. You have this, is, this is part e of your. This is part of your life now. 
Everywhere you'll remember it forever. I wonder how many Benoit balls you can get in your ass now. <laughs> no? So you don't wonder, you don't find yourself throughout the whole book, like if Ma had just turned some tricks like Christian Grey is into. She could have also been a billionaire selling those pork bellies. <laughs> this is the weirdest episode of all things considered I've ever, I've ever heard. What are we talking about? So they, they eventually, they, they're driving west, and then Grandma dies. Like also, Grandma dies. Well, Grandma dies. Like bury grandma him dies. They just bury him. Right? Yeah, they just yep. bury him. They don't have any money to bury him. So they're like, all right, he's old, whatever. Put him in a hole. Put him in a hole. <laughs> and then Grandma dies, and they don't even bury her. They hang out in their in the back with her corpse and tell all the cops that she's sick, so they can get into California. They're like, oh yeah, she looks real sick. Get to her a doctor. Like, nah, dude, she's dead. Well, I think, I think you only find that out afterwards, right? Like, you find it out afterwards. Yeah, so. She's been dead the whole time. She's been she's been dead for at least like a while, and like uh, one of the. One of the kids was back there with her, or, or the Ma, mother. The Ma mother was, was back there, yeah. yeah. And I don't think there was any air conditioning in those days, and they're driving through fucking New Mexico or something. Yeah, you know, baking with a hot woman. corpse <laughs> under the under the tarp. A hot, dirty migrant farmer, grandma. Yep. Yeah. So the family dies, and the whole time, Ma is worried about them not staying together. You know, she like they offered several times, like, "Oh, we'll go. You, you wait here. We'll go over there, and we'll get the park of the car, or we'll go this place." We'll and she's, "No, no, we got to stay together." Like, it's really mm-hmm. important for her that the family stays together. Does, does Noah wander off before or after Grandma dies? After. No, after. before. 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 Noah's my favorite character in the book. He has almost no point in the book. I just like that when they talk about, like, Noah is... Well, like, he's not stupid. He's just but wrong. He's, like, there's, <laughs> <laughs> he's wrong. It was 1939. But the father... When when the kid he's the eldest Noah when he yeah. was born there was no midwife and the dad just kind of stuck his hands Yanked in and him grabbed out. the baby and then they had to mush his head back into a regular so he's shape. Like, he's like he's not dumb he's just kind of different write. and he's not interested in girls he's just is he's just doing his thing he's inert he's just yeah he just is <laughs> and he, they like they describe him when you meet him and then they don't mention his name once until he leaves and I had to look it up like who the fuck is Noah I don't even remember. And I was like, oh, it's like, I'm just going to go this way. Like, no, you can't leave. Like, I'm gone. I'm going to do my thing, man. And he leaves. And they're like, all right, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. They all it was weird. Apart. And then the, the girl's husband Connie. bails. Connie. Yeah. yeah. The man named Connie. Yeah. So Rose, Rosa Sharon. Or Rosa, Rosa, Sharon, Rosa Sharon. Rosa Sharon. Rosa Sharon. Yeah. Oh, Rosa Sharon's a plant. I don't understand why they didn't just call her fucking Rose after a while. Why is she Rosa that's, Sharon? That's, 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 they were like Gwyneth Paltrow, but in the Depression, they had to name a kid a fucking stupid thing. But the rest of them had no idea. Tom, Noah, Al, and Rosa Sharon. She's a girl. <laughs> so they have another girl who has a regular name. Oh, and actually, and there's like a little... Yeah, what the hell is her? They have two other the two little kids. Yeah. Winnie? Winnie, yeah. Or is that no. the Wonder Years? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember at all. She also didn't really matter. They had a lot of kids. There are a lot of people that didn't matter in this book. When, uh, whatever the youngest, the the youngest Joe girl, the only important scene with her is when she almost snitches out, or she does. She blows the cover on Tom Joe to being a murderer. Oh yeah. But before we get to that, let's drink something. Nate, want to pick something? Sure. Uh, let's tr- let's try the um, <clears throat> sweet child of vine. <laughs> is one that I brought. And he- here's the thing. Yes, I, s- I chose it because vines are like grapes. Thing is, on the can there are pictures of hops because they also grow in vines. But I'm making it work. He's anyway. also an enormous uh, Guns N' Roses fan. Probably yes. This is probably a Northern India Pale Ale. I don't know. Northern is it from North India, like Kashmir? Like it's a Northern India Pale, six point four percent alcohol, sixty nine IBUs, and it says here, balanced, complex, and approachable. Where do we go now? <laughs> Where do we go? Like that fucking <laughs> I <laughs> that part of the song. I, I. It's kind of darker colored than you'd expect. I mean, maybe that's. What North India is like. 
really Northern Indians are paler than Southern Indians. That's true. But I know this. This does not taste like an IPA to me. Nope. No? I mean, it tastes, it tastes like a slightly hoppy beer. Yeah, like an amber ale. It's also a little darker colored. Not quite amber, it's but... It's not bad. I kind of dig it. It's fine. I'm just... I was curious what a Northern IPA is, because I've been seeing a lot of weird... Maybe they just talk different. <laughs> they, From they, the they, North. <laughs> the Patriots fans. <laughs> they park their car in Harvard Yard. They, oh, God. That's said wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they just name places that they go to in... Boston. <laughs> uh, Having lived there for five years, there aren't that many places in Boston. But, uh, there's some funny names, though. Rain- Alewife. Alewife's a place? It's a place called Alewife. There's also a bar called Alewife in Astoria or Loyola City. Is there? Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Well, there's a whole fucking... It's a, it's a stop on the train there. I think it's a town or like a neighborhood, at least. I don't know. Or maybe the street. Who the fuck knows? I never went there. <laughs> uh, this is a cool beer. I mean, it's not no, super... right here. Balanced, complex, and approachable. Where do we go now? I fucking read that, man. I forgot. <laughs> we even made the noise. I thought we'd just make the noise for fun. <laughs> We're going to play with these microphone stands later and do the Axl Rose dance. These will, they'll definitely come untaped if we do that. <laughs> you know, I saw Guns N' Roses in concert a few years ago when it was still just Axl Rose and Friends before they all got together. Axl Rose and Friends sounds like a great deli. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was the only original Guns N' Roses ever was Axl Rose. And it was like... Bumblefoot on guitar, who's a fucking monster guitar player, but he's not. I mean, but he's not. He could. Yeah. He's not Slash. Not saying he's not as good as Slash. He's just not Slash the he's, man. In some ways, he's probably better than Slash. In probably every way, he's better. He's not as cool. Well, he's not as cool now. No one will ever be as cool as Slash. He's literally the coolest person on he's earth. He's pretty fucking cool. I can't wear that. a top hat for thirty years and not be cool. That's true. <laughs> but I saw them. It was a Sunday night at Terminal Five, mm. and they started at eleven thirty. The concert was like doors at eight. It's Guns and Roses, man. You don't go on early. It was, and they played till like one thirty in the morning. I didn't even stay till the end. It's the only concert I've ever left early. He's like, "Holy shit, I have work in the morning." You stay. You suffer through. Like, you suffer through it. It's like they've done the most most of the songs that I like. I don't really need to wait around to hear fucking Night Train or Mr. Brown. November Rain. Uh, I, I heard no, they didn't. They didn't just Rain. leave after that. It's all downhill from there. It started though with Axel playing like a, a three minute piano intro, where he played "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," <laughs> the Elton John song. All right. Well, I guess you get, you get to a point where you can do whatever you want on stage. People were just like, oh. Well, he sipped cups of tea. Okay. He had like a cup of Hot saucer. tea or sweet tea? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, was it iced or was it? It was in a fucking cup like of a saucer. tea glass? All right. A tea cup. I believe they call it in this part of the, the world. Yeah, they do. I said it wrong. <laughs> a tea glass. <laughs> it's made of glass. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> so, Nate, verdict on this beer? It's okay. <laughs> That's my verdict. It's I mean, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Just, it's kind of okay. So back to the Chode family. They find their way to California now that they've lost, like, two members, a dog. I, think, I don't think Noah, Noah doesn't make it. Two grandparents, Noah, and a dog. And, and, and Connie. Connie, and who's the Connie. in-law. Extended family. And they're instantly like, that boy was Who left, good for his, left his nine-month pregnant wife. Was like, fuck this, I'm out. And he had, the whole time they were taught, like, because they were young. It was, like, a big thing. Like, the Rosa Sharon had transformed overnight the moment she got pregnant. That she was like a girl, and then she's this mysterious woman who knows woman things. Were they that young? I couldn't. They I were young. About it. They were young kids. We're talking like sixteen or like, like nineteen, 19 or something. Okay, like so I guess that was legal back then. Still creepy now. It's still legal now. I mean, I thought I thought maybe <laughs> I couldn't tell if they were nineteen or sixteen based on your. She was. Like I girl. remember being sixteen and trying desperately to get inside of a vagina, and it wasn't the law that was keeping me from doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, though, they're like, "Oh, our plan is to do this." We're going to have this, and Connie's going to work on radio, or Connie's going to He's going to go, go to school and he's gonna learn. learn stuff. The, the stuff keep, kept changing. Yeah, it was because it was they were fucking dumb kids, or he, he was, and then Con, uh, Rose of Sharon is trying She's to be like... kind of like a brat. Well, she was fucking mega pregnant. 
Yeah. Well, in the beginning, when they're Connie and Rose of Sharon are saying stuff like that, everyone is really, really optimistic, so it doesn't sound that weird. But they kept saying it, even as things got worse and worse and worse. Even when they found out, oh, yeah, no, that, that stuff you're going to find in California, it's, you know, it's going to be awful. Also, everyone in California saying, hates you. That, too. Mm-hmm. Bums. But then Connie just fucking dips one yeah. day. Just ghosts. Like, 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 where's Connie? They don't Connie? even see him, him leave. He just is gone. Well, no, he, he's like, oh, my... My wife's not going to lose that baby weight. We're going to be poor. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I see some desperate girl over there from New Mexico I could slip I mean, a pole that to. That 100% could be his actual thought process. And he was a young dude, like maturity-wise, it's clear. It's not much future out there for a young man named Connie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like Conrad or something. I don't know. And actually, I never thought of what it could be. That makes a lot of sense, Conrad. Conflakes? <laughs> Conthaniel. <laughs> Conjuman. Contmus. <laughs> trying, trying to get Thomas, but I also want to say cunt. Yeah, that's not that one. But maybe. Shit. You never know. I'll think of it. They do make a lot of references to the Okies being illiterate, so it very well could be. Well, they, they, I mean, even Tom Jones like, my Paul can write when he wants to. He just don't want to write. That's what he tells you, Tom. <laughs> he can make his mark on things. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know that counts, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're from like another, like, they get to Oklahoma City, and that's the biggest city they've ever seen. Oklahoma City in 1937 or wherever could not have been that big of a city. There was two buildings. <laughs> They built the building seven stories high. That's About as high stories. as a building ought to go. That's a front to God. <laughs> I craned my neck to see the roofs of it. Trying to build a modern-day Tower of Babel. <laughs> I think like the only book they have is a Bible, probably. I don't know if that's actually explicit. They can't fucking read anyway. I'm sure they had a fucking Bible. They had to. It's, oh, yeah. It's the law. They just traveled the west with a law. Bible and like 30 pounds of pork. <laughs> and they kill the pigs and they just salt it down. And it's like, all so right, hope you all like pork. This is all we have for a month. <laughs> Uh, who's, oh, there's another guy we were talking about. The, the preacher guy. Oh, the preacher, about. right. Casey? Casey. Mm-hmm. Which is a, another not super masculine name. Not as bad as Connie, but Casey also is like a kind of wimpy girl. Yeah, name. different names never back heard then. never a dude's name. Well, it's also, there was a guy in Ninja Turtles that so was Casey something. He's the most manly. Yeah, so. Casey Jones. Him. Yeah. Isn't he riding that, riding that train high on cocaine? I think it's a different Casey Jones. How many Casey, Casey Anthony? How many Casey? Ooh. <laughs> That's not, she's not riding a train. No, doors are kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Ni- neither is riding a train. <laughs> well, actually, one of them could be riding a train now because she's still. She, at any time, she could be riding a train. <laughs> anyway, they have this preacher guy with him who's not a preacher, but he's. He's a like, he used to be a preacher. He's given up being a preacher. Because he would just fuck young girls all the time. Lost his Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, after I'd go preaching and I'd go roll in the bushes with them or something like that, he says. I totally glazed over that part. Okay. Yeah, he was I thought he just like. Get lost his gash. faith or something. It was the most interesting part of the first 100 pages. Maybe that's why I hated the first half so much. He didn't know that they were traveling with a diddler. That's weird. I don't think he was Catholic. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, there were girls. I guess not. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, there definitely weren't papists. <laughs> yeah, there were just poor people wandering around. It was like that other great He was like a diddler preacher. on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey's there, and he's like a weird character because you don't really... Now that you know he was a guy who fucked teenage girls all the time. He's got a truck full of respect. kids in this thing. Uh, <laughs> he's sort of untrustworthy. Like, you kind of don't know. And, and he's the, the family is like, oh, we, we don't have room for anyone else. And they're like, oh, we can't say no. Joe can't say no to people. <laughs> but they're also like, oh, it's good to have a preacher around so he can say grace. And then he says grace, and I guess the weirdest grace I've ever heard. And then when they're burying the grandpa, he's just like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, do this your one job. I'm like, I don't, don't want to say anything. I'm good. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So Casey Jones becomes... Not Casey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crossover. Casey, the Reverend Casey, 
becomes important when they get to California. I mean, not that he's unimportant leading into it, but he's just kind of there. We should talk about what happens when they get to California first. What does happen when they get to California? All right, so they finally get to California, and they're expecting to find some place where they can find jobs. Well, they also expect to find just peaches and grapes everywhere. Yeah, they have just a bevy of jobs. They go on and on throughout the first, you know, half of the book about how everything's going to be so amazing when they get to California. It's the land of green everything, and they're going to easily find jobs, and Connie and Rosa Sharn are going to make several dollars a day. We're going to have a house. We're going to have a house. Easy. My my baby won't be born in a tent. Yep. Baby was born in a tent. Well, Connie's going to study radio. Yeah. But yeah, he's gonna. But also, the fucking grandpa's like, I'm gonna get those juices and rub them on my face because <laughs> like, he's not housebroken. <laughs> like he like he had a, he had some grapes once and it like changed his fucking life. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they finally get to California, and there's no work. The family's out of money, and there are still like seven of them. You know, a couple of them have died, but there's still like seven of them. Like any cross country trip. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, very much like Little Miss Sunshine, except during the Depression. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Very similar. A little more cocaine in the movie. But. And, uh, and uh, the porno magazines. That <laughs> so anyway, they get to California and there's no work. And they don't know what to do. And then there's all these other little chapters. Like the chapters where the Joads are not the main character. It's just, you know, Steinbeck's giving his opinion about what's really going on. There are a bunch of those chapters. They can't find any work. And then things are, like, really bad. And they find that. And, and they, they realize why they thought there was going to be so much work in California because they had these like little, what they call handbills, but little adver- advertisements that say needed 800 workers. I mean, I don't know why they thought they were going to be able to support themselves just picking fruit. They really thought that was going to be all they needed to do. Well, they had low expectations for, it's not like... They weren't thinking they're going to get rich. Yeah, they're just, we're going to be sustainable. We're going to yeah. have food every night and a roof. That's but, what they were looking for. But they get there and they find out that the farm owners put those handbills out saying, we need 800 people, knowing that it wasn't going to be 800 people well, that show up. It's going to be more like 5,000. Right, they, and they print. They don't print 800. They print, you know, they print 5,000, and they know that. I think the guy says if they print 5,000, but they know 20,000 are going to see it. Yeah. And, and so, so when, really when, when it comes time to actually pick the harvest, and there are 5,000 people who need the work, you know, 5,000 people that need the work, but they only have work for a few hundred, they can pay whatever they want. They could pay such incredibly low wages that mo- even though most people will say, I can't feed my family for that wage. I can't, you know, I'm, there's no way I'm going to work for that. There will be enough of them that are completely desperate and have no other choices. Their families are starving. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll work for that. Well, you can't feed your family on zero dollars. Exactly. So, that, so, you know, it was a really good, it was a brilliant marketing idea on, the, on behalf of the farmers. And it leads to this next beer. There we go which is the other barrier beer we've had. We've actually had like the brother of this also at 50 shades of gray cuz everything comes back to that. Jesus. This is called Money. <laughs> <laughs> money IPA. And I'm just going to tell you the details. It's 7.3% alcohol. So it's almost an imperial IPA. We had the Daddy Warbucks we had was Imperial Money as well. So imperial Money. Yeah, you know like Britain in the 18th uh, century. So <laughs> pounds sterling? Yes, that was Imperial Money. That's a great name for a British porn DVD. Pounds sterling. <laughs> Do you think in British porn they don't call it an Eiffel Tower? It's like a Tower of London. That wouldn't make any sense, though. I mean, porn doesn't have to make a lot of sense. Like, who orders that many pizzas besides Maury's fat children? I mean, we do. Yeah, but <laughs> we're drinking for two. Hopefully not anymore. <laughs> so what do you guys think of this beer? It's like it a cloudy... very, very hoppy. That it does. I can't really pinpoint what this smells like. It's just because I'm not thinking of the right word. It smells like IPA. You get like citrus kind of smell, like a lemon note. Am I imagining that? Maybe. No, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, can I could vibe that. It has almost a cup. 
what's the right word? Like Shandy. a freshly mowed lawn taste to it. <laughs> <laughs> like a pear. That tastes like a potato. <laughs> I really I really need to get you a pear, dude. Just I, like one. So you'd be like, oh, I was wrong all this time. I know, I'm going to live my life not knowing what pears are. I'm going to bring you a ripe pear next time, and your mind's going to be fucking blown. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, they are the potato tree plant. That's all they are to me. <laughs> These weird, hard, shitty apples. <laughs> I have a pear tree in my yard. Well, said, you've been fucking using it wrong. I have no patience. I'm like, oh, look, can I eat that? You because can wait if I for wait a too whole long. tree to grow, but you can't wait another two days for the pear to be ready. But what here's the thing: I would, I would like pick the pear and eat it into a fucking rock, and so I'm like, oh, I'll wait. And then, goddamn, squirrels eat the rest of them. So that's, because the that's, that's because the squirrels need to wait. I just gotta start kill, capturing them and drowning or them. Or just in a pick it and like wait. Nah. I feel like it'll be worth it. Pears are pretty good. I mean, I've lived 30 years without really fully enjoying pears. Yeah, but that's mostly like your own fault. That's fine. I'll take responsibility for much of how my life has turned out. That's right. I mean, but like, it's not like you haven't had an opportunity. I just don't. It's just like purposely doing it wrong for decades. Not, I mean, maybe ignorantly doing it wrong, and now I just don't care. <laughs> now it's out of spite. Now you're just trying to see how long you can go without having a pair. My dad's like that with certain things. Anything like, that's not Heineken light? Anything that's not Heineken light. But like, he'll, like we'll, we'll, my dad's 64, and we'll have something. And I'm like, what are you guys eating there? And like, it's a Reese's peanut butter cup. He's like, oh, I never had one in my life. I'm like, oh, do you want to try it? He's like, no, I don't. He likes being able to say he's never had it. So I, I have guess a, I've inherited that. I have a friend. He, his parents, you know, they all grew up in Brooklyn forever. Was there? Well, before they were hipsters. And like his his, his dad, born and raised in Brooklyn, has never had pizza. That's fucking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like it's Brooklyn. You will have it by accident once. It's fall in your mouth. Yeah, you like trip and like, oh, pizza landed in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Not a whole one, but enough of it. So in the book, something happens. Oh yeah, this beer. I mean, it's fine IPA. It's kind of lighter than I expected it for 7.3% alcohol. That's kind of on the strongest side. Mm-hmm. It's a lighter body and tastes like, it certainly doesn't taste any booze in here, which you shouldn't, but it's pretty light. I could drink a lot of this without really knowing what was happening, and then and I wouldn't then, know what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of what I do with everything I drink. So they get to California, and they find out that they have been fucking shanghaied by the uh, big farmers. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> They end up in a government camp. Which is which really sounds like a UN refugee camp because that's kind of what it is. It, it is at least kind of a refugee camp. Well, they've been they went they go through a couple of camps, don't they? And and well, some of them Hooverville and then the very police are dicks at the Hoovervilles. Yeah, like if people grow their own food, they like destroy it. Well, yeah. So all the way through, bec- this is one of um, Steinbeck's main messages. All the way through, the people that have the farms or um, the police who work for the people who have the farms, they are so paranoid about anyone organizing. Because they feel like uh, any organ, they don't want people getting more than twenty-five cents a day. Right, exactly. They do, they're paranoid about anybody organizing to form a union because they think that's the first step towards communism. And really, that and that definitely plays into what happens at the very end. There are there are many problems where everyone is really mad, and and all the police will literally. So there are a bunch of stories that are told from a couple of different people because there are all there are according to the book there are three hundred thousand Okies in that area of California. Three hundred thousand that are all looking for work and are all like totally desperate and they don't want anyone to organize because that's the first step towards communism. So say a Fox News. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think that they well, actually believe it, that or they just want to charge people, they, don't, they want to pay people? I think it might be both. I think, I think it's probably it. both to some extent but there's got to be people out there that's like, no, I just don't want to pay people. Fuck it. Well, that was like the, too. the one strike when they start working for that one peach guy. Mm-hmm. That's, they're strike breakers. Oh, yeah, they were scabs or whatever. So, uh, and he, he cut the wages down to two and a half cents a, a crate and it's not very much. And then they, he was paying five cents to get the scabs in. 
And they're like, watch out. He's going to lower you down to two and a half as well. And then they pick the whole thing dry in like two days. And they get and every time, and they're just like constantly like finding ways to not pay them enough. Mm-hmm. These are bruised. Because they're know. not paid they, at the peach orchard. They weren't even paid in money. They were just told, this is how much you earned. Now go. Now you can go spend it in the, in in the, the company store. In the company store where prices are all incredibly high. Is that, is that called a script or something like that? Yeah. Nate, what is this? So now we're going to have a cider that has peaches in it because peaches definitely... Uh, figure prominently in the end of the book. I could smell that from like two feet away from my face. It's, it's like uh, there's another one right there in the middle. Normally, if you could smell something from two feet away, that's never a good sign. I mean, that peach is not good. That's basically a pear now. <laughs> but the opposite. It's pungent. It smells like juice, though. It smells tart. I haven't sipped it yet, but it smells... Oh! <laughs> it's so tart. Dear God! It's so sour. What is this supposed to be? Oh, this is a sour beer, isn't it? Oh my god! It doesn't say anywhere on the can that it's sour. At least not when I bought it. I, oh I mean, I didn't god. look that hard. It just said oak oh. aged peach cider. I don't, That's I, all I, it says. I don't know if there's any oak in here because I can't get past the ridiculous sourness of this. Oh my god! Does it does it explain why they've done this? Ingredients: New York apples, peach. That's it. Misery. There's a weird aftertaste. It kind of tastes like an old cigarette. <laughs> Do you taste that? I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm not an expert on old versus new cigarette. I mean, that I also don't know, but it's what I imagine an old cigarette tastes like. But it's, it's like a smoky kind of thing. Oh, maybe oh, it's because of bourbon barrels. That must be it. It says bourbon barrels on there? Yeah, yeah, done it. It said oak aged. But then six bourbon... Well, oak is charred. Did it, say, did it say bourbon barrels? Six bourbon barrels. Peach wine aged four months. Is this a recipe? I'm not sure if that's like a lovely story or part of it. And it's really hard to understand. oak barrels cider fermented on peach leaves aged... Peach leaves? Peach are. are those words? And aged 10 months. I don't know if that's part of things or just things they're just talking about. Lees is, I think they probably blended those together, right? So four barrels of that, six barrels of that, and they blended that together. Lees is a thing, isn't it? But I thought Lees was like the leftover yeast. Because like when you brew stuff, like the yeast falls, like the yeast that either dies or whatever, sinks, and there'll be this sludgy grossness at the bottom of your brewing vessel. a bunch vessel. of dead bugs. I mean, it's, it looks like sand. It's because it's, they're so microscopic, but there's so fucking many of them. It's a uh, weird assortment of flavors. Say the least. It is intense. It's not. It's not the worst thing I've ever had. Oh my god! It's, it's different though. And it is best serve. It's a serve at fifty five degrees. So imagine this a little warmer. I don't want to do this warmer at all. I don't want to do this in any conditions. Sorry. It's an interesting thing. I, I I find this looking at the can. It's like a really attractive can and stuff. Like that sounds so fascinating. Like oh, it's this blend of all these right. different things. I mean, like if I saw it, it at a place, I'd be like I have to get that to try it. Certainly. I'll make you what a six-pack of it looks like. You got a six-pack of this? <clears throat> I just bought two of them. And I tried this one ahead of time because it sounded delicious. So well, you, you knew, didn't pay 15 you knew what you were doing, though. No, no, no. Definitely not. There's a fifteen ninety nine price tag on it. Oh, it's for the, for the six-pack, hopefully. Probably. It's not It's not bad. Well, it's my search, different. My search for a sweet peach beer continues. Is that a thing that you're actually searching for? Well, when we when I got one for the uh, Animal Farm episode, oh, it yeah. ended up being really, like, sour. It's pretty funky. Yep, and funky. You should write one of those weird brewers like uh, McKellar or Evil Twin and just say, like, make me this. And I'd be like, all right. I wonder how, like, how they make a deal with, like, uh, you know, when they do the, the contract brewing. It's probably just a, just a split. But if they do, all right, can we, we're going to make, you know, I want you to make, what's the minimum amount? Like, could a, could an eccentric beer nerd just say, I want you to make a 10. Well, I mean, for someone like that a, guy, a thousand cases pro- he's, probably got a, he's got a reputation and they'll, you know, give him a better deal than some fucking newbie. But, but could we just, like, at what point could we request a really bizarre beer? <laughs> it's like, I want you well, to make I a mean, beer like this. I don't know if and you can, I don't know if you can request a beer, but if you, like, made one yourself, it's like, can you make a bigger one of this? If you had it down and you gave them some of it, maybe. But it'd be like any, you know, sales pitch to a big company. 
I'll just, shoot. I'll just pay for this and, and I'll just drink these in my basement all the time while we record our podcast. Oh, you want them to make you a giant? I want. Oh, what's of, the minimum amount you could purchase? That's my question. It's probably a lot, but I drink a lot. I mean, it's probably a lot. Like a I don't lot. know how much. Like how much is one? So unit? a barrel is thirty-three gallons. So that's like. The I mean, med- they probably they one barrel is probably not worth their time. It's true. So they probably have to do. I mean, it depends on the kind of fermentation vessel they have. It's either probably maybe the smaller ones are ten barrels or something like that. But that means you're you're dealing with if you did ten barrels, that's twenty kegs of beer. It's still that's like a few thousand dollars probably. Yeah, but twenty kegs of beer is not a. I mean, that's a lot to drink for one person. But that's also not an obscene amount of beer where you're like, I can't even. That'll last me the rest of my life. No, it won't. It'll last a while, hopefully. But if you were to do it, <laughs> twenty of like, kegs of beer. But if you were to do it of like a really strong kind of beer that won't spoil. Like something where it's certainly it'll be okay to have that yeah. sit around for a couple of years. I, a year or I two. imagine it's very hard to get a company to do that. Why, man? My money's not green. You it's might just have to. My liver's not also time. probably I mean, green. It's just a matter of like efficiency for them. They're at a scale where it's just like losing one vessel. It's not, it's not called a still. I don't know. It's a, a like the tank or whatever yeah. it is. One of those big big buckets. But you know how it's like crazy fast. Like so, when you homebrew beer, it's like a month or two. I mean, you, like, you can really go to really like a place. Like there's a bunch here in Queens, and you know maybe someone one of those will do it. But like, you know, I'm trying to get freaky. I just I mean I like making beer, but I also just don't like spending a whole day doing it. I just, I just want to find a way to make someone else do it for me, because that's the American way. <laughs> that's true. Um, Send it to China. And I say have lead beer. <laughs> it's it's going to have a unique flavor. Also, your no blood will hurt. I've heard lead has a sweet taste. Uh, well, maybe I want a little bit of just a, a pinch of lead. I mean, if it's just a little a bit, you'll be, if it's just a little bit, you'll be lead. okay. Maybe. <laughs> so they get to the peach farm. And they work there, and it blows. Is Casey still with them at this point? No, he he got arrested, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he took the rap for something. For Tom, Tom? Yeah, Tom, like, punched a guy, punched a cop. Tom punched a cop, yeah. Yeah. And then Casey says, I'll take the rap for you. Because Tom's and, on and, parole, and he, 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 broke, already, he, he broke, broke parole it. by leaving the state. Yeah. And then when the other police show up, and the first police guy says, that doesn't look like the guy that hit me. Yeah, that's, Casey a, goes, oh, that's no, an I'm, old man. I'm definitely the guy that hit you. They just they just roll with it, and Casey goes to jail, and you don't. And he actually shows back. That's like halfway through the book, and then he shows up again. He's right a, like a he's like a like a unionizing he's, he's a labor team. organizer. Yeah. All right. So this is the peach place. Tommy. Right. Exactly. So Casey is like trying to organize the the organize farmers into a union that say they will not pick the peaches. And what's funny is that the um, the Jodes had just arrived. They didn't even realize that they were strike breakers. That they were scabs, showing up to break the strike. And they so Tom he sees Casey. And they talk a little bit about how, oh, this is what America really needs. You really, we all really have to work together, blah, blah, blah. Then the police show up, and then they, and then one of the police guys kills Casey by hitting him over the head. Well, like, crushes his skull with a yeah. pickaxe or something. Like, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just, just crushes him. And he's dead as shit. And then Tom goes nuts and kills that guy. Right. With, with the, another pickaxe? With a there's always a, when if there's Tom Joe there, there's a shovel, you know. There's yeah, <laughs> must be a shovel. Anyway, kills Garden that guy. Garden assassin. <laughs> and then has to hide, because this is, this is a cop. So he Hose. actually kills a cop. Are and they actual cops or are they like Pinkertons or some shit? I think they're deputies. So which means they're uh, just regular dudes that the police say, okay, you're working for us enforcers. now. They're enforcers. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. So this is where Tom definitely, you know, goes all in to become a... I mean, later he says, I'm going to go be a labor organizer like Casey. Doesn't he have like... He has like a fucking Batman monologue at one point. He's like, wherever there are people, I will be there. Like, there's like a yeah. fucking ridiculous... Meanwhile, he's hiding in a pitch black cave and his mom is bringing him snacks. Yeah. <laughs> As long as I don't have to leave my cave, I will be there for you, working man. But that's oh. the only part where that other little child matters, the Winnie or whatever. Because oh, yeah. she says to some other kid who is mean, and he like takes her rock or whatever <laughs> they have to play with. And she's like, my brother's killed men. And he'll, he's killed two men, and he'll, he'll, he'll kill you. He'll come and kill you, too. 
And they're like, oh, you don't, you don't say that, dummy. She blew up his spot. Well, that was like part of the criticism, right? Like men, men cease to become to act or think like men. Then oh yeah, they're just the part bank. of the system. It's not my decision. No, he, he describes the bank as a monster that has a mind of its own. Right, the bank is c- c- made by men, but men don't really control it. The bank does what the bank is going to do. It's true, because mm-hmm. the bank is no longer looking out for individuals. The bank is looking out for, for itself. Yeah, which I understand. It's achieved sentience. sentience. It achieved sentience. Oh, I thought we were going back to cheese puns. Uh, they're like, we need to make the mozzarella profit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that cannot be true. You've yeah, definitely heard stupider things than that. It's pretty bad, but that can't be the worst. That can't be the worst. I'm trying to think of cheeses still. I, you, you, I, will, I will wait for you to out-cheese pun that. When that happened, they were like, man, that really blew cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's just jealous. He's a Gorgon-ass Zola. <laughs> Asshole. Oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> He's not cutting. Yeah, he's, he's keeping some of those cheese puns. And then, like, and the banks were like, "We're fed up with you not paying for your stuff." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can get yourself a nice cottage cheese out in the woods. <laughs> I'm gonna be. <laughs> 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 That's so, so the men created the bank, but the bank became a real monster. <laughs> <laughs> Gruyere, right? <laughs> <laughs> I still can't think of something for Ro- Roquefort. I don't even know how to say that one. Roquefort. Roquefort? I was trying to think of one for Camembert, but that, that's too many syllables to be a pun. Camembert, pass it up, but <laughs> it's fucking, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I also can't Camembert to pass up? Beer, beer. cheese? I've had a, a product called beer cheese. Yeah, I've had it too. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just cheese. Like I have no idea what, with, what it has to do with beer. beer in it. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's like a squishy cheese. When I was in uh, Vermont last year and I had... It went to the Alchemist Brewery. They had their big beer is called Heady Topper. They had Cheddy Topper. <laughs> I'm down with that. And it was cheddar with that mixed in. Wow. And it did not taste like beer. Disappointing. I but would, you can listen to our episode on The Alchemist where we drink those. We're going to drink another beer. This one, it turns out, really doesn't have much to do with this book. <laughs> Oops. I was lied to. <laughs> what um, is it? So I went to the beer store and I was like, can you find me something? It, the guy there, even though he doesn't really, he does not, he has admitted he does not listen to our podcast, but he's a pretty cool dude. I'm like, hey, I need a. Can you have any beers that have this in it? And he'll get really involved in trying to find them. So, do you have any with grapes? He said, oh, this was aged in wine barrels. Like, oh, perfect. But it doesn't actually say that on the label. So, I don't know if he just. Well, I mean, that. truthfully, the book has no grapes in it either. So. Well, there's the one scene where they talk about the grapes of wrath, like the grapes um, growing and whatever. So, this is called Cuvée Freddy, which I can see Nate has already sipped it. Whoa! It is a. Fle- can, I, can I just see what it says on there? A Flemish sour ale. Not like phlegm, but, you know, Flanders. Uh, aged for one year on oak barrels. Oh, my God. Uh, I've not had it yet. I've been looking forward to having this for there a There is a staggering amount of different flavors in this. It smells... I mean, first of all, it's a way dark for a sour beer. They're usually light, crisp kind of things. It doesn't have a strong... It tastes like a sour... Like, almost like a stout. Like that coffee kind of vibe. It's only a little tart. Actually, I think this is pretty good. I mean, it's not amazing. I don't love it, but it's. I was expecting from your guys' reactions this to taste like pure like donkey this. piss. I don't like this. It didn't taste like do- I mean, if this is a thing that you would like, like this, whatever this is, it's not bad. It's just I don't want this. It's different. It's unique. I'm a better man for having had it. Expanding my palate. Most of the label is just warnings. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> it's just the government warning. I feel it's the that. same sized font as the stuff about the beer. Just kind of weird. <laughs> you know, like normally they hide that. It's like a tiny font they want Not you, even they printed want in a know. way you naturally hold the bottle to read it, so you don't see the thing where it's like, please don't drink this and have babies and operate machinery. 
but it's like five lines of text in size nine font on a bottle that's maybe really they feel small. it makes them seem dangerous. And it's eight percent alcohol. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Product of Belgium, and this is the Alvin Oak Collection Cuvée Freddy. I don't know what company makes this. I don't. I mean, I don't know who that is. Well, Cuvée is not the company. Cuvée is like a a term, like a wine term, isn't oh. it? Oh. I think it is. Well, I, mean, I thought this had something to do with wine. Maybe it still does, because wine has something to do with grapes, and that was my connection to the to the book. There's a loose wine connection. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, it is a loose wine connection. It's like a thematic thing. I mean, the well, idea we, we don't of always wine. have particularly strong connections. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So our precarious mic situation means that Nate has to lean in to speak to his mic. Yep. <laughs> We're learning. So I say very short things. <laughs> it's when we're just going off on cheese puns, which hopefully didn't get cut out of the episode. Hopefully they don't cheese you off. Oh, <laughs> oh God. No. So this is a strange beer. Very strange. It's different. Now, it's aged for one year. So like, I wonder what that does to it. You know, like, I mean, obviously things mellow out and blend together and it picks up the oak flavor. Does it mellow out or does it get stronger? Like, like, uh, like barbecue. Interesting. Um, with stronger beers tend over time, like certain characteristics diminish. So like hop. Yeah, I know, I know the hops get weaker, but that, do others get stronger? I don't know. It depends on what you're aging it with, I guess, right? Like if you're aging it with the funky, weird yeasts that they use to make sour beers, then you probably will get, over time, if you have a lot of that crap in there, you'll get a lot of that flavor. But even that might kind of mellow out over time. I think in general, things just kind of blend together with aging. Are there beers that exist that you, when you drink it, the yeast are still in there? Funny. Alive? Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Hmm. If you see bottle conditioned on the thing, on the beer, then that means there's like potentially active yeast inside of the bottle that helped produce the carbonation. I mean, you could eat the yeast, it's fine. It doesn't do any Is it protein? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's rich in vitamin D, which is the thing that you are lacking when you're hungover, which is kind of ironic or cyclical or something, I don't know. Throughout the book, so um, once the family gets to California, things just get worse and worse and worse, mainly because there's no work. But anyway, they, At they, they get stop to the dying, though. They run away from the peach orchard, and they manage to go to a cotton place, the place where they can pick cotton for all of a day. Oh, and they're fuckers, too, there. Yeah, for sure. And mm. they're only, like, housing for all their migrant workers are these old... Uh, boxcars. Boxcars, yeah. Old boxcars, and there's two families to a boxcar. Rosa Sharn finally uh, has her baby, or is going to have her baby. Like, she, she, she you know, is, goes into labor. At the same time that there's a really, really bad um, rainstorm that is going to flood everything. And so there's a pretty dramatic scene where... You know, Rosa Sharn is giving birth while um, the the father and gets the other all the other dudes together, and they sort of build a they build a, a little dam, a little dam, yeah, just to just to keep Looks the like, try to try yeah. to keep the um, river from flooding their entire camp. It's like a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so Beavis and Butt Head to America. Yes, that is. It's, it's just a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying? I'm sorry, I interrupted so, you. They just continue to get worse because the baby is still born after all that, and the dam. Wait, do you mean like he he is born despite? Yeah, that? you really need to emphasize that better. <laughs> the baby's dead. Yeah. The baby is dead. He's not still born. Still born. Right. So that's what it's called. Anyway, I know, but it, it, it sounded like oh, aside from everything, born. the baby's still born. Yeah, things were really bad, but he was still born. <laughs> okay, no, no, the sad it's version. It's like Arrested Development. He, he's going to be all right because <laughs> he lost his left hand. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> is still born. And then the, the then the then the, uh, the drunk uncle floats the baby down the river like Moses. <laughs> I don't remember that at all either. Well, he yeah, he yes. like they're like go bury that, and he's like splash. <laughs> yeah, basically. Anyway, and then their dam breaks that they spent all night 
trying to trying to dig, and the, so the it boxcar is, it is a goddamn. floods. <laughs> the boxcar floods, and then the family You're literally like, has to like wade out to s- just through the floodwaters to just to get out. They have to leave all their stuff because they couldn't possibly carry it, and their car is flooded, so they can't um they can't drive out either. So they get to this barn, and the family goes in the barn, and in the corner of the barn there is an old sick man. Well, there's a, there's a man who's very sick with his like six year old son. And the six-year-old son is saying, oh, my, he's starving to death. He said he didn't want to eat, but he's definitely starving to death. He needs milk. Because the man's been giving all of his food to the son. Yeah. He hasn't eaten in a week or something like that. You know, so it's not good looking. And the son's saying, he, he, needs, he needs milk. And because he can't have solid food. Yeah. He's so weak. He, 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 he had milk. some food, and then he puked it all up. Yeah. So where's there some milk? One might wonder. Yeah, well, okay, so this is definitely the most bizarre part of the book. The final scene. The final fucking yeah, this, moment this of is the like book. The final, final sentence. Rose of Sharon. <laughs> Breastfeeds the dying man in the barn with her tits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what? Ha- is that how it works? <laughs> she doesn't pump. It's not like some yoga juicer mom today. You know, pumps her milk and then here you go, kid. She puts her boob in that dying man's mouth to provide him some sustenance. The end. That's it. That's the whole book. Join us next week. What the fuck was that? Like, not only is that really fucking bizarre, but it really bothered me that no characters got any closure at all. It's like the whole the things just get worse and worse and worse for the Jodes. Well, it was it was the Great Depression. Th- it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then no, they, and hopefully, then, the Japs attack us and we can go to war. <laughs> that will head in this depression. But literally, that, that none they don't none of the characters they don't say or Steinbeck doesn't say how any of the characters actually turn out. It's just oh well, things just got even worse. Period. I just felt like ending it there. Well, I mean, he's clearly extremely critical of the American banking agricultural. Oh yeah, for sure. World. I mean, the happiest part of the entire book was in their hippie commune camp. Oh, yeah. When where everything everything was, you know, like, they got to use toilets and take a shower for the first time in a month. Ugh. I mean, had a, they had a fantastic time. And that was the one that they got they had to leave because guys came in there paid to start a riot, right? They left because they wanted to find work. Yeah, there well, was the guys, the guys no were paid to start a riot, but they just kicked them out and threw, because they were going to start the riot f- so that the cops could bust in and break up the hippie camp. But they just kicked them out without starting a fight. And everything was fine. And they were just like, no, we got to move on and, you know, find work. We can't just, like, linger here. So they just left. The place is probably fine. And go out California way. I think they were in California at that point. Mm-hmm. I just remember that South Park. Oh, yeah, where there was no internet. I thought about that about a thousand times in this book. <laughs> the spooky ghosts. Going <laughs> Brazilian fart porn. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> Nate saying Ectoplasm yes. everywhere. <laughs> this big spooky ghost. People don't buy that line when you say that in real life, too. Yeah, it turns out. That's because no they're not believers. <laughs> they're the truth. They're not. Yeah, so that fucking scene is weird as shit, and I agree with you, Nate, that the ending is dissatisfying. You're just Much like, like their lives. Well, true. But you're just like, oh, wow. I mean, even if it wasn't a happy ending, you didn't actually really, you couldn't possibly go through that whole book and expect a happy ending. Maybe you just kind of like, it bottoms out, and that's the end. Like, shit's just fucked, man. But he that's wrote this it. during the Depression, so he might not have seen any uh, light at the end of the tunnel. He, he didn't people. think it was ever going to get better. <laughs> it's I possible. Think that's what he's saying, yeah. And it kind of really, even though FDR made attempts to do certain things, like, his attempts really didn't fix the depression. No, things got a little bit better. Things got more. But, but sus- things only got in uh, tiny like. There were there were alleviations. It just, it just yeah, it just prevented people from full scale you know seceding from the union. It just yeah, but it didn't it didn't actually fix anything. It just made people feel busy and like they had some food, which is important. But it didn't actually. St- it was, like, a, was a stopgap measure yeah, kind yeah, of thing, sort of yeah, just like just to get people to survive. Yep. So, I mean, let's go build some dams. Let's drink. Uh, uh, yeah. Are yeah, you're pointing it. to this. You're pointing. Yeah, let's point to that. Oh, oh, it's a beer. We have one final beer. Shazam! Oh, that, that smells already. Oh my god. Oh, the wine god. beers are just interesting. Is there another wine beer? 
So I'm gonna th I think this one might have the most connections in many ways, so I might try to claim victory this week. This is by Boulevard Brewing Company with Creature Comforts Brewing Company and Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company. It's called Collaboration 7. So far, none of that has to do with the book. But it is an oak-aged lager with peach, lemon zest, and Riesling grape juice. So it's got, it's got several fruits that have to do with this book. Well, you could say collaboration was the attempts to unionize. There you go. I, I got you. And the collaboration between the, the bosses and the, and the cops to break up the union. So it's double collaboration. So, uh, so you're saying I won? Is that what you're saying? Jimmy just collaborated to spill it all over the fucking floor. I have no regrets. I taste the lemon. I don't really taste the juice of the Riesling grape. I don't know what that really tastes I like. Think, I feel, is that wine? The juice of a Riesling grape? Is that, well, it's, it's, wine. it's wine after yeast does its thing to it. Like you let the Riesling grape juice get old? Not basically. Sort of, but it's also like a process happens where yeast converts one thing to another. For the amount of shit written on that label, this really doesn't taste like much to me. It's not a strong flavor. I'm kind of disappointed. It's almost really not much flavor in any way. I don't know why it took three breweries to make this beer. They couldn't agree on anything. Like, Fuck it, make it neutral. <laughs> Is it possible all the flavors just canceled each other out? <coughs> and just made it neutral. That might be that might be right. Like, I mean, peach is not a super popular beer flavor. I think it's peach you don't really taste so much. Peach exists only in peach form and peach snapple, nothing else. <laughs> Actually, one of the homebrewing books I read talks about adding fruits and shit to the beers, and they say basically peach will help you make a pretty. Like, peach is a really shitty ingredient, but if you want to make a beer that tastes like peach, apricots will help you get a pretty good peach. Why flavor. is peach a shitty ingredient? It just doesn't. Whatever doesn't for whatever work. reason, it doesn't tend to work, unless you put a crazy amount of them. I guess. I guess. And they have to be the I right guess a lot of it, it kind of like a, it's like a subtle flavor unless you have like a literal mouthful of peach. Yeah, and, and what we mostly... It's more of an idea. For, what we think about for peach is that artificial peach flavor, like peach snapple. Like, that is not, that's not artificial. That's totally real. It's made from the best stuff on earth. Chemicals. <laughs> America. That's our final beer. I am sorry we waited to say this for last because I thought it, I, mean, I wasn't purposely trying to save for last. It's, it's, it's like the ending of the book. It just kind of ends. <laughs> <laughs> so any other... I mean, Nate was the most assiduous this week in studying this book. I take Good notes. word, Michael. I've been diligently working on my lexicon. So, oh, all right. I guess really the question is, what did Steinbeck really mean by this book? What was he saying? And I think he was saying a bunch of things, though you could sort of sum it up as capitalism doesn't work. Sort of like everything that happened, all, most of the bad things that happened, or at least the, the conditions that led to the Joes being so desperate and things just going to, from bad to worse we're really just the fault of capitalism because that's the way capitalism Would you works. say it's like just capitalism in general? Or I guess at or that time it was, it was unregulated capitalism. So the book came, uh, came out in 1939. So this is 10 years into the Depression. I'm going to say 1936. Okay. okay, so it is years into the Depression where things were really bad for a long time. And I'm sure Steinbeck wasn't the only one who was beginning to think that no, maybe capitalism... Right. Just doesn't work. Oh, 1936 Thanks. is uh, of, of Mice and Men, I think. Mice and Men, yeah. of. Sorry, my bad. Same thing. Old. Not quite. <laughs> so anyway, the, so the Joads, they get kicked off their farm, not because they did anything wrong, but just because prices were low, and so the bank had to foreclose. The system then, was changing. And then they get to um, California, and there's just so many workers. There's just 300,000 Okies all looking for the same work of just picking the, like, seven peaches that, of course, they don't get, can't get any money. And then and things were not okay yeah, at that point. <laughs> not at all. Definitely not. And, there, and there's a pretty key uh, chapter, which is not... They had to grin and, grin and camembert it. <laughs> there's a key chapter. This, this, uh, this is the final chapter where, uh, where uh, you know, Steinbeck is it's an aside. It's Steinbeck saying, well, then this happened to a whole bunch of other people. And it's the chapter where farmers, because they can't, because the prices are so low, they decide not to pick the fruit. They decide to let it fall into the ground and rot. Or they pick it and they are going to set it on fire, or they're going to dump it in the river well, just to get what, rid of it. That's what we learned about the Depression when we were, like, little kids. That, like, people, like, pouring milk down the drains, stuff from all that. 
because they needed to limit supply so that prices would go back up. That's what farmers needed to do. Prices were so low, they, uh, it said in, in the book that farmers couldn't possibly afford to pick their like orchard crop because it would cost too much money just to pay the, far, pay the migrant workers um, to pick it that they couldn't possibly make a profit if they tried to sell it because prices were so low. So what do you have to do when prices are low? Because supply, supply is too big, so you have to limit supply. So they're going to set their oranges on fire. They're going to just, they're going to just burn them. Meanwhile, great. there are 300,000 desperate people who need work, or if they don't need work, they at least need food. So the food goes to rot. They let the food rot, or they burn it, or they dump it in the river, rather than giving it to the people who are starving. Because that's what, that's what you do in capitalism. In order, Because the farmers, they were already in debt to the banks. They had to do it. It's not like they necessarily wanted to. They were just completely in debt. Well, they didn't, I don't think capitalism forced them to make that heartless decision. Okay, the law of supply and demand made them but make it, that if decision. they were going to throw it out a person with a shred of compassion could have been like hey bum whatever you pick you could eat well no they couldn't do that because nobody would pay anything for the oranges if they knew if they just showed up at the end of the season and said hey could i have some no one would buy any of the oranges at all whatsoever and so prices would just go even lower than they were so th <clears throat> that would actually make things worse. No, that's, that's why they just had to it's bleak it. to say the least it is really bleak and they're like queso what those people are eating <laughs> <laughs> Can a manchego get some work? <laughs> How did this become a thing in this episode? That's what I want to know. How did this happen? Yeah, I know we're throwing out these peaches, but you can't eat them. Is that a cheese? It is a cheese. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a Dutch cheese, I think. It comes with like a ball. <laughs> Great. Great the cheese. <laughs> But good points, though. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel appreciated. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we've things. just been being serious from ash holes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> that is, that this cheese is not mentioned once in the book. <laughs> <laughs> they can't afford cheese. <laughs> so oh my God. another important thing we should probably say about this book is there's a story, and this might not actually be true, but that... Um, they showed, so they made the movie of this book came out a year later. It came out in 1940, starring Peter, the, the older Fonda. Oh, Henry? Henry Fonda? Is that his Peter, name? Which, which, which is the oldest Fonda? I think Henry oh, yeah, is the oldest dirt one. I think so. Yeah, the, the, is he anyway, one from uh, Golden Pond? Yeah, th that dude, whether it's Henry or Peter, I don't remember. But anyway, I don't remember. Does it? I could be totally wrong. So anyway, the movie came out about a year later. Then the Depression is definitely still going on. Supposedly, they, the Soviet Union showed this movie to you know their people to say, look how bad things are in, um, in the United States. And everyone, all the Soviets said, well, yeah, they're poor, but at least they have cars. <laughs> that tr that story may not actually have happened, but it was the word uh, apocryphal. Apocryphal. Exactly, yeah. that's the word I was thinking of. Not to be confused word. with the rapper Tupacryphal. <laughs> he had a short-lived career. <laughs> it wasn't notoriously Supposedly. big. The puns this week are really just disgusting. They're fantastic. It's it's they're really bad. <laughs> I feel myself getting ill, like Grandpa or Grandma, Rosa Sharon's baby, just slowly dying. <laughs> they died pretty quick. Grandma actually took a while to die. The other two died immediately. Yeah, that's true. Noah probably starved to death in the wilderness. Yeah, he just wandered off. He's definitely dead. But he just—he never learned how to build a radio. <laughs> well, he might have. No, no, no. He definitely didn't. No, fuck Connie. Him and his him and his highfalutin ways, leaving his knocked up wife. <laughs> he's just like, this is just this is too mega real. Pregnant. Mega pregnant. Mega pregnant. She was like eleven months pregnant. He's just out of there. <laughs> she was going to give birth to a toddler. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> what did we think of these beers this week? Who wins? Honestly, I don't even fucking remember. Wins. All right. So, in terms of connections to the book, I think we had some really strong ones. Uh, I mean, the ones that are about money are obviously pretty good. The ones that are about the peaches or the grapes. That's I like nonsense from for names. I mean, I think nonsense 
works well for names because they had no sense, like yeah. money wise. But also the ending was fucking nonsense. That it just didn't end. Homo- homophone connections. Really. Yes. As far as flavor goes, I'm not super thrilled about any of them. Yeah. There were some like okay IPAs. I would say, but that's I'd really say the most memorable is. one was that apple peach cider thing. That was memorable. That's the one I remember. Like it was just, it was just kind of tastes like beer. Like uh, beer of sorts. The Cubay Freddy I actually kind of ended up liking, and I drank the rest of that bottle. Oh, me not at all. Yeah, that was gross. I didn't like that in any way. I'm just I'm taking another sip of that peach thing, and it is. It's memorable. It is not as bad. As it was before, in terms of a, an affront to my palate, but I'm not a huge. I will not. I wouldn't say that I, I wouldn't say that I would like it very much, but it was the one I remember because the others were all kind of like, yeah, you know, it's beer. It's true. Yeah, a lot of them had cool None ideas. Of, they weren't bad. They were just like kind of whatever. Maybe just maybe the lesson is uh, grapes and uh, peaches aren't the best ingredients to put into your beers. It's certainly not grapes. Mm-hmm. Why not though? I mean, grapes are cool, but you don't. It's good enough to make wine. Beer flavor. I guess it's about finding the right balance, right? Of. I'm sure it could be done. I have not yet seen it done. We'll have to revisit this. We'll have to find another grape-themed book sometime. Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> I never read it. I assume there's a lot of wine in it, though. Certainly whining. Famesies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, mean, I think the, the book is way better than these beers. The book is slow going, and it is a commitment. It's about 500 pages or so. It's pretty long. But it's dense. Second half is way better than the first half. It's, it's so a, don't get discouraged. It's, it's a slow go, but I really enjoyed it, and I've read it twice now. I, mean, I kind of skimmed it the second time I read it, but I liked it, and uh, I definitely recommend it, even though I'm not like uh, John Steinbeck and saying everyone should become a communist. It's a wor- it's a worthwhile read regardless. I don't also feel that everyone should become a communist, but it's worth reading. Well, that's kind of his point at the end of the book. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and he's, it, was an ext- it was an extreme reaction for an extreme time. That makes sense. Like, at the time, it probably seemed like, fuck it, this is the only way. Now, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, I feel like a middle ground. Right? Why can't we all be so sober in our thinking? Because of communism. It's because we're never sober at the, the Drunk Guys Book Club. Is that our name? Nate? Final word? Okay, join us next time. Uh, no, wait. Uh, if you tell us what you thought. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Or go to the website at DrunkGuysBookClub. Talk about the Facebook page. The Facebook page now, Jimmy. You, you are the one that does that. Go to the Facebook Follow page. Follow us on Facebook. At Facebook, the website. <laughs> Drunk Guys Book Club. <laughs> I think it's Drunk Guys Book Club. I think it's Facebook.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club. Yeah, he's right. All one word. Right, Jimmy? Yep. And the website's the same thing. Oh, except without the Facebook phone. Not the Facebook, but the words are the same after that. <laughs> and if you've listened this far, why not take an extra moment to give us a review on iTunes? 15 uh, stars. Just round up to as many stars as you could put in there. A minimum of five, please. And also write us a line. Tell us what you thought there. Um, that is actually very helpful to us. So, yeah. If you send us interesting messages, we'll respond to them. We because we're lonely. We're still waiting on feet pictures for Jimmy, by the way. I don't want them. He's been waiting eagerly for them. I don't care anything about them. Join us next week when we read... Ender's Game. By... What the heck is that guy's name? Orson Scott Orson Card. Orson Scott Card. Bye. Thanks for listening.